In this week's Planet Korea, we return to our occasional series on Seoul urbanism with our friend Colin Marshall. Colin is the Seoul blogger for the Los Angeles Review of Books and an all-around prolific guy on the subject of cities, from architecture and infrastructure to transport and style. Once a month, we pick a spot in Seoul and just hang out there and talk about some of its unique features. This week, a bit of underground culture in the very literal sense. Colin and I head below street level to the Uljiro Walkway, a subterranean world that connects entire city districts. Colin, numerous times when we've spoken together, we've alluded to the fact that so much of this city takes place underground. And so we've come to a splendid example of that. Not, not the only example in town, for sure, but this is kind of a labyrinth that we're going to walk through. It is. It's not the only example in town, but it is the longest in the country. It's the Uljiro Jihabodo, or the Uljiro Underground Shopping Center, Uljiro Underground Walkway, whatever you want to translate it as. But it is, it's a path that connects a few stations together, a few subway stations on a line two, starting at City Hall, where we are now, going all the way to Dongnimun, History and Culture Park. And it's, it's a long string of shops, but the feel changes as, as you go, the tone changes as you go. It's, it's sort of a, it's a downtown that time forgot in a way, but it's still active down here, and it's, it is literally underground. It's in some way a hidden part of the city, but in some way I, a piece of its history that people are all kind of aware of, if not, you know, deeply familiar with. Yeah, and I've ducked into little sections of it before, but I've never done what we're more or less going to do today and just cover the whole stretch. I think at this end where we are, towards Moon, the underground shopping is a little bit more on the high end, perhaps a little bit more posh. As you get down to Dongdaemun, at least I suspect, we're going to see a little bit more blue collar, a little bit more sort of a gritty kind of surroundings. It has neighborhoods, this place. It has its own neighborhoods, you might say. Cool, let's walk. You're just walking along, Colin. I get this uh, anachronistic feel. You know, you see these little dress shops, shoe stores. It's amazing how many shoes they must move in these little underground stores. And uh, strangely, we're passing by a CD shop with yes. artists like Kenny G and so on. And I really Ace feel... Ace of Base. <laughs> Ace of Base. I feel instantly like it's, you know, 19... 92 or something. Back in 92 here. Yeah, these media stores with cassette tapes and DVDs and CDs. Oh my god, I didn't even see the cassette tape wall. cassette tapes. Oh, now it's suddenly 82, 1982. We're going farther and farther back as we walk down this place. This is a time machine. It is. I mean, this is the only, this is only one type of anachronistic store you see, too. There are more than this, but they just keep, they just keep hanging in there. The rent down here must not be that high. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly the sort of real estate that's going to catch fire the way these corners in, say, Itaewon or Hebangchon or Hongdae will, and suddenly you've got uh, convenience stores fighting for them. Right. Mainly, this is a transit artery. It is. It is, especially in the winter. People want to stay off the streets. So if you're running a store down here and it's cold outside, those are your lucky days, I think. And I get the feel that a lot of these shopkeepers have quite the history. They must have been here for years if not decades the actual walkway dates to 1983 the opening of the subway line 2 itself so some of them i'm sure have been here since day one wow
Island. We're uh, on a musical journey up and down stairs here. Every stair rings out a note on a, a major scale, I, I guess, uh, like a C or something like that. It does. It's rigged up to uh, play, well, you can call it music. It plays musical sounds anyway. That's yeah, well, it's a definite scale. I mean, it's a do, re, mi, fa, so kind of thing as people ascend. Uh, depending on how athletic you are, you could maybe play arpeggios or chopsticks. You could. Has it occurred to anybody, I wonder? <laughs> anybody who's seen the Tom Hanks movie, Big, yes probably has at some point tried to play a song on here but that movie the piano was flat this one is stairs so trying to engage in melodics might be a little dangerous everything's more challenging in korea as we know <laughs> but you've done a report on this haven't you you've, you've done a video on this very staircase that i don't it's not this one and i think uh, it's a it's a similar phenomenon where they play music They've got them in several strategic subway uh, stations, and uh, it encourages people to take the stairs for their health, and for everybody who makes the climb, they donate a little bit of money to a charity. So it's, it's real nice, you know, kind of heart healthy and at the same time do some good for others. This particular staircase where we are in the Uljuro walkway, I think this is just for the sheer musicality of it. Just doing it for free here. <laughs> If you were to get enough people, sort of a flash mob together, and be really coordinated, the sky's the limit. You could you could do chords. You could play anything. Flight of the Bumblebee. Flight of the Bumblebee. That's the ultimate challenge. <laughs> but you get a good flash mob. I think you can pull it off. You can, people can organize here in Korea. We've seen that in the protests. They can organize. Imagine the shareability on YouTube if you got you know twenty or so college kids, yes. and they they got their timing down. And they recorded some kind of, you know, complex kind of work by Chopin on the musical stairs. You're looking at serious virality there. Mm. It occurs to me that you could arrive in this underground walkway completely naked and be uh, well-clothed by the end of it. You're right. You could get a tailor to make you a whole suit. You could, you could have all the essentials of life here. They're all here, you know, at one part or another. That's right. Everything from shoes and socks to underwear, coats, winter coats, suits, like you mentioned, tailor suits. The thing is, I think I've been in various sections of this before, and I've only perceived it as uh, the change between subway stations. I've never realized it's one giant contiguous hole. It is. It's possible not to know they're connected. And it runs for, as I said, it's the longest in all of Korea, but it runs for 1.7 mi miles, 2.8 kilometers, I think it is. So it is the longest here. And it's possible never to realize that, even if you live here for decades. Yeah. If we, if we were to look at this setup from above, what would it look like? Would it be just one straight line, or would it be a triangle? Or It'd be a relatively straight line connecting each station to each other, but when you're down here, with all the branching offs, with the exits and whatnot, it looks like you're going to kind of amaze, but really it's so much more linear than you would ever expect. It takes the actual experience of walking it to really know what even the shape of it all is. Yeah. This would be a good place to have um, a skateboard, rollerblades, <laughs> or one of those uh, hoverboard dealies. Oh, yes, it would. This is a hoverboard spot if ever I saw one. Mm. 
Korea, Colin, is a place of duality and contradictions. Contrasts. Contrasts. Yes, very much. Um, we are walking now by our second store that sells almost exclusively punch card clocks. Yeah, second one we've noticed. That's right. They're, they're literally like uh, 25 meters away from each other. They are. And they have printers and they have cash counters, calculators, yep. uh, plastic anti-glare screens for very old computer monitors. Some of this stuff is from Japan. I mean, this is very neatly organized by the standards of some of these underground electronic shops where you could see stuff just piled to the ceiling. But it's this is really the most anachronistic type of shop you could find out here, I think, is yeah. the time card the time card puncher store. Yeah, I wasn't... Uh, I hope it doesn't make me sound arrogant, but I wasn't aware that people punched cards anymore. I, I picture that as almost like a, I don't know, a 1960s kind of thing. I guess they do, or you'd think they'd be digital by now or something like something that. Something like, or you beep it like the subway. As you walk through this seemingly endless Ujiro underpass... Um, you come into these weird little pockets of Zen. There's this, um, we're standing in the middle of this little garden. The plants are not real, but they're realistic. Real enough. There are little uh, stools to sit on. And there's even a sign. It says, uh, roughly translated, it says, this is a resting place for you, the citizens. Uh, please don't smoke, don't drink, don't misbehave. But, uh, you know, have a nice healthy break, it says. It's really just like a park or what they would call a pocket park now in sort of 21st century urbanism. But it's carved into this underground walkway. So in more ways than one, this really is a street. Or it's made to feel like a street in a lot of different ways. There's not just stores. There's also, in their way, parks. Of course, yeah, the plants don't get any sun, so they're not going to be real plants. But they get close enough. I'd expand your metaphor. I'd say this is almost a mini city. Mm, yes, the and underground city. This is like a mini park in the mini city. Mm, it's true. And they've tried to make it more... There have been proposals to make more of a make a more extensive underground city by connecting this underground walkway to the other ones. And there's a bunch all over Seoul, but they tend to get shot down as being not viable for whatever reason or not sort of economically feasible. But uh, there's the means to really have a parallel city underground in Seoul. I wondered, could you expand this slowly, slowly, block by block and have an entire labyrinthine city? I like the idea of it, but run it past the mayor, see what he says. Yeah, what was that movie where the guy got um, trapped in, in the uh, airport lounge? You know, he didn't have a passport anymore. That was Tom Hanks, too, wasn't it? Yes, the terminal. The terminal. Somebody who got trapped in the Uljiro Jihado thing, they could survive for a long time. Yes, we've discussed they have the necessities here. If they have the money, they can keep life going. Well, or they could pick up a little alba, mm -hmm. a little job in the noodle shop, uh, plenty of food. Plenty of digital content, a park to rest in. Yeah, they have everything. Maybe light on the showers. So a little further down, apparently there's this uh, jungle section. What's, what's that all about? Yes, the lights go dim, the walls turn green, silhouettes of jungle animals are all over the walls. You feel like, or they tell you to feel like, they verbally instruct you with text to feel like you're walking through a jungle while you do it. It's one of these projects that's gone on. There have been a few that artists have done or other creators to bring some visual interest back to the Ujiro Jihabodo. You know, it's, you still walk by a few vacant spots. We've walked by three or four in a row sometimes. 
sections of it, and every section is different here. Some of them have fallen on harder times than others. But the Seoul Architecture Festival for a few months ago, for example, brought some projects down here. They lined the whole walkway with different architectural displays. They used some of the empty spaces for architectural exhibitions. So we're starting to see what the potential of something like this could be. And in a way, it seems so outdated and so 80s, or it would in America. But uh, really, we're finding, I think, a way to repurpose it now, or they're just starting to. And that's what I want to keep an eye on here. And that's why I walk through it as much as possible. It's going through a bit of a renaissance, it feels like, because there's a lingering fascination with retro anyway. And there's this immense practicality of this space, given the fact that uh, three or so months out of the year in, in Seoul are subarctic. Yes. Uh, so there's immense appeal in being underground. And is there anybody representing this whole thing as a whole or promoting it as a whole? Well, they're owned by different entities. I think there's the Ulji Star Mall, the City Star Mall, and a couple other divisions. So that might be one of the problems here is it's tough to get to get it under one umbrella, to get it under one banner. That might be the next step, but I've never met anybody who claimed to be, the, uh, who claimed to be representing the Uziro Jihaboro as a whole. So yeah. that, might be a, that might be a way forward. It might be an interesting way to, if they could get some sort of mm, low-key festival, for example, um, to attract people here just as a destination. I suppose a fair amount of people pass through as traffic, as foot traffic, but that doesn't necessarily do the destination itself much good. It's true. I mean, I'd go to an Uzuro Jihaboro festival, and Seoul loves festivals, as we know. You're always missing a festival, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, well, and one of the best ways to liven up an underpass is to bring in, you know, vendors and fill in the cracks in between the existing stores with, you know, little buskers. Buskers, yes, or I think of the word pop-ups, a big word in modern urbanism. There's a lot of empty space for pop-ups here. There you go. Serious pop-up potential. Thanks once again to Colin Marshall. We'll go on another outing with him sometime next month. Incidentally, there's a whole lot more Colin to be found online at colinmarshall.org. Definitely check out his Notebook on Cities and Culture podcast. He's got about 20 episodes or so just on Seoul alone. And Koreascape is back in just a moment with the science of Korean medicine.